You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Amen. Well, we appreciate all of you coming this morning to be in the house of the Lord. And God bless you. I know it's a holiday weekend. I know people's got things planned this afternoon. But we're glad that you came out to be with us today. And we say the Lord bless you for doing so. I, I do before we get into the Word. I, don't, I very rarely do this. If I didn't feel like I needed to or wanted to, then I, I wouldn't. But there's a good friend of mine that I want to pray for real quickly. I'm going to ask you to help me to pray for him and uh, for his family. His name is Scott T. Lamar. And right now he's sitting next to his, his wife holding her hand. And if the Lord doesn't intervene, they've already told him he's just got days. There's nothing that they can do uh, for her. And so you can imagine sitting in that hotel room with this kind of news and this kind of burden, they are surrounded with family. She is a believer. We thank the Lord for that. But uh, will you all help me pray for the Telemeyer family this morning before we move into the Word? Would you bow and let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord, what an honor to join with my church family this morning to pray for the Telemeyer family. I'm asking for the power of the Holy Ghost to fill that hotel, that hospital room this morning. I know that you're a God that is a God that all things are possible. And anything that you want to do, God, you can do it. Lord, as hard as it is, we prefer your will. We're asking in the name of Jesus that your will would be done. I pray that you, Scott and his children and their family would feel your presence as you comfort God as you're with them right now. And I'm asking in Jesus' name that this would do nothing but cause them to look to you and to grip you even a little bit more. God, we trust you because everything you do is right. And we look to you, God, and we ask it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Will you go with me this morning to the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4? 2 Timothy chapter number 4. And I'm going to read just verses 6, 7, and 8. Maybe a little different than what you were expecting. Not a, not a deep teaching message. I'm not going to get into anything deep, but I want to try to encourage you this morning. Anybody ever found in your walk with the Lord you need a little encouragement sometime? All right, good. And so uh, I, I, pro I'm, I know I say this often, but I, I, I really may not be before you long. I, I just, I just want to encourage you. It's been in my spirit, been in my heart, and uh, just try to encourage you and leave you this morning and this weekend uh, with an encouragement uh, from, the, from the scripture this morning. 2 Timothy chapter number 4, verse number 6, 7, and 8. And I want to tell you as we read it, I want you to keep in mind that we're reading the last words of a man. And if we're reading the last words of a man, it's something that we need to be very attentive to. This is how he's about to leave the world. This is about how he's leaving his life. He's signing off in his life. And this is what he has to say starting in verse number 6. For I am now ready to be offered. What a statement. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which, is, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all of them also who love his appearing. Think about that. Not to him only, but to all that love is appearing. And it will be the Lord Jesus Christ that personally places this crown upon the head of the believer. 
Amen. I'm liking it more than you are. And I want to minister this moment, not on the rapture, but on this thought. It'll be worth it after all. It'll be worth it. Believer, listen. It'll be worth it. Whatever you go through and whatever you face, it's going to be all worth it after all. Amen. Will you bow your head and will you help me pray? Father, I love you this morning. And I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and for your love. Thank you for your spirit that we've already felt, that we've already sensed here today. We ask in the name of Jesus that our ears would be open to properly hear, our hearts open to receive, and that you would anoint my lips to deliver your already anointed word. I am believing and trusting you, Lord, to do something that I cannot do, and that is to just move upon the hearts of every individual here encourage us. Let us leave encouraged and lifted up, God, and one more time, have a fresh breath of air ready to fight this good fight of faith. And Lord, we ask it all and we believe it all in the name of Jesus Christ and everybody says, Amen. I heard Brother Larson say one time that in the family of God, God called a mixed multitude. There's nobody in here this morning that is alike. I have some twin nieces, and they look identical, and, and uh, they've even been tested, and they are identical, but they are as different personality-wise as what daylight is from dark. There's no two people in the world that is just alike. In the family of God, God's got cowboys. He's got people that like sports. He's got people that like other things and, and uh, won't go on into all kinds of things. But there's different people in the family of God. We're all different. We're all unique. We're all fearfully made. But there's one thing we all got in common. Every single one of us has this truth in common, and that is that we have all joined the same fight together. We have all joined the same fight together, and that is to fight the good fight of faith. I don't know if we slow down sometimes and, and explain that as much as what we should, and I'm, I'm not going to spend a lot of time this morning, but the great fight of faith is what we have all engaged into, and we are fighting to believe that what Jesus has done on the cross of Calvary is sufficient for anything and everything that I will ever face. Believer, I want to tell you something this morning that I've already said several times, and that is that you need to know and need to understand that your faith in regards to your spirit man is important as the blood that is flowing through your natural man. As there is no blood, with our, there is no life with no blood that is flowing, there is no life in the spirit, man, if we don't have any faith. We live by faith, we started by faith, we walk by faith, and we're going to finish by faith alone. And every opportunity as a believer, as a child of God, that you get to invest in your faith and to encourage your faith is something that we need to do. We're in the natural man and in the world a whole lot more than what we're in the spiritual. And so every chance we get to invest in our faith is something that we need to do because when the Bible, when Paul called it a fight of faith, that's exactly what it is. We are fighting to believe. We're fighting against the natural man and the ways of the world to believe a spiritual truth. And there's nothing that I can do, or there's nothing uh, of the natural man that I can depend on in order to help me in the spiritual sense. The truth is that as a child of God, that I have been committed Committed to following Jesus Christ, and I don't walk by sight, I'm walking by faith. Nothing of the natural man. 
No matter what I face, I believe that the Lord will work it out for me. I believe this morning, and I listen, I honestly believe this. If we talk one-on-one, I believe that everything that happens in the life of the believer that is walking after the Spirit happens for a reason. But God allowed it for something to help us. Now, that does not apply to everybody as the world will say, well, all things happen for a reason. That's not true for the life of the non-believer. Except the reason is they're not following after the Lord. But everything in the life of the believer happens for a reason. And if we will follow God and be sensitive to His voice, He will turn it out for our good. All things will work together for the good that love Jesus Christ. And we see uh, that uh, we believed God for salvation. How many believed Him for salvation? We believe God to lead me. We believe Him to guide me. We believe Him. I turn to Him when I need comfort. I turn to Him when I need help. I turn to Him when I need instruction. I turn to Him when I need healing in my body. We believe Him to deliver us. We believe Him to change me. We've been on it on Wednesday night. We're believing God to change our heart, to transform us more into the image of Jesus Christ. We are trusting Him to accomplish all things in me that that my life may be a witness of the power of the Holy Spirit that still resides and works in the heart of mankind. The struggle is, is that we are supposed to walk by faith and not by sight. But the natural man, I may have to preach to me, may nobody get with me here this morning and agree with me, but my natural man still wants to handle it on my own and do it my way. I want to fix it. I want to, I want to do it Steve's way. The natural man still gets in the way, but the Spirit wants me to set back, be patient, and work, and uh, not work, but to be quiet and look to Jesus Christ and to follow His instruction. The struggle is here is that as we are trying to be patient, and I hope you are also, we're trying, I'm just trying, to be patient and listening to the voice of God, the fight of faith, the test of our faith, uh, is, is, it begins to be a struggle against the natural man. And the Lord will allow these things so that we learn to trust Him. Are you here this morning? God is allowing things So that we learn to trust Him and to depend upon Him. Now, I usually first fail the test because I try it my way. And then the process is this. I back up and I have to repent. And I have to admit I was wrong. And then I say, God, let's try it your way. So there's a process there. Another tactic of the enemy is that the enemy tries to get us to fight the wrong fight. If you're bound, he'll try to get you to fight your bondage. The enemy is constantly trying to get the believer to try harder. The enemy will try to get you to depend on willpower. The enemy will try to get you to engage in a fight with your spouse when, we, when there's some situations when only the Lord can fix a marriage covenant. 
Listen, he will try to get you engaged in a different fight. Why? Because if he can get you in a different fight outside of the fight of faith, that's a fight the enemy can win. But as long as you're fighting to believe and fighting to trust in what Jesus has already done on the cross of Calvary, that's a fight that you cannot lose. And I don't like to lose. I want to win. And I know if I'm going to win, if I'm going to stand as Paul and say I have fought a good fight, I've finished my course, I've got to fight the fight of faith and not the fight of everything else that's trying to attack me. In all truth, following or fighting to believe, if you'll be honest with me this morning, has pushed us sometimes to the limit. It's pushed us to the limit. There have been days that I've had thoughts, I'll just give up and quit. There's been days when I've wanted to throw the towel in. There's been days when I've thought pastoring is not worth it. Okay, I'm going to be real blunt and real plain. There's been days when I have thought, how can people be so mean? How can people be so careless? When you have poured your heart out praying for them and their family, how is it that they can just in a moment turn their back and not care about anything that you have ever done? There have been days when I wanted to load my horse and head into the mountains. There have been days that we have all thought about. And let's just be honest. There's probably been a lot of days when we have give up and quit. We just kept going through the motions and nobody knew it yet. Because we're real good at acting. We're real good at charades. We're real good at going through the motions when we really and truthfully, I don't want my spouse to know it or my children to know it or my pastor to know it, but I give up and I quit a whole a long time ago because the fight of faith was just too hard and I'll just put on the front. Listen, but I want you to understand this morning, the fight is real. The struggle is real. You're not alone. We felt the pressure. We have felt the heat of the battle. We have know what it is to go through the fiery trial, but I also also want to tell you to all of those that will keep their faith in Jesus and what He's done on the cross of Calvary. The Lord Himself is going to place a crown of righteousness upon your head and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Praise the Lord. And that's what we're looking for. It's all been, been through the struggle. But I want to know that when my time on earth is done, When all I have been able to do is to look to Jesus, I want to be able to look back one moment and say, you know what? I remember this trial. I remember this valley that I was in. I remember this mountain. I'm going to be blunt and plain again because I'm talking about me. I remember those moments that I was laying face first on my carpet and I left a wet spot because I cried my eyeballs out. I remember trying to go to sleep, but the oppression of the enemy was so great, I didn't get any sleep at all that night and woke up with the same burden up on my, up on my heart. I remember the days when my marriage was not right and me and uh, Sister Becky were, didn't even like each other. I remember those days, and I remember the days when people has, uh, has said all kinds of mean stuff and can go through all of that. But you know what? I can look back right now at those moments, but I want to look ahead and go a little further and say, in my marriage, in my home, in my own life, in pastoring a church, I want to be able to look back and say, you know what? It was hard, and it was a struggle. But I can honestly say today, it was all worth it. And I believe that everything ahead of me, no matter 
matter what I face will be worth it because of the reward that Jesus Christ will give. In our text, we read about the Apostle Paul. And I want you to think about this. This is his final words. And in the final words that he's reading here, as I begin to read, I begin to think about a man inspired by the Holy Spirit that is writing to his mentor, Timothy, whom he called a son in the faith. And as he is writing to his son in the faith, he writes these words that we read to you already that he's fought a good fight. He has finished his course and his day of departure was now at hand. And then when he gets to verse number 8, he talks about the Lord laying the crown of righteousness upon his head. And he leaves us with this, it's not for me only, but it's to all that will keep their faith and continue to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ. And I begin to think about the life of Paul. And what few details that we have about Paul. And what we know by this statement is, is that Paul is more aware of what he went through than what any of us could ever read about. And Paul still writes this. And in my spirit, I just felt the Lord drop that. Is that Paul was writing this at a state where he could say, of everything that I've been through, it's all been worth it because now I have finished my course. He writes and he says it's a, a powerful, we know this about Paul's life, it was a powerful conversion. We know about his and we've read about him walking on his way to Damascus with marching paper in his hands. He had the right to arrest anybody that confessed to be a Christian. We know about the great light that shined and the Lord talking to him and blinding him and him being led on into Damascus and Ananias coming and praying for him. And and Paul received his sight and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says he began to preach immediately. Let me tell you something. That's powerful. That's a powerful powerful conversion. But I want you to also know this. I'm not going to diminish Paul's conversion any at all. But there's some people sitting in here this morning that's had a powerful conversion. There's been people in here this morning. I know about some, but I don't know about all. We can read about Paul's, but it's more personable when it was my conversion. There's been people in here this morning that has thought about suicide. People that has turned to drugs. People that's turned to alcohol. People that's turned to pornography. People that has wrote God off. People that has wrote church off. Uh, there's been people in here this morning hurt by church people. Hurt by church themselves. That has been uh, abused by pastors and all sorts of things. Uh, but you're still here this morning. Uh, you know why? Because there was a powerful moment when God the Holy Ghost came down and touched your heart and you were born again. Uh, and the experience was greater than anything you ever went through. Powerful conversion. Powerful conversion. Who in here this morning would not be here if it wasn't for the mercy of God? If it wasn't for the mercy and grace of God, wouldn't even been here. I've drove home at times when I should have never made it home because I was in no condition to be driving. But by the mercy of God. My Lord, I'm not here just to testify, but the mercy of God. He's rich in mercy. I'm here this morning. Paul tells us that spreading the gospel was not easy. 
that he had to fight to believe. I want you to think about this. He tells the church at Corinth this. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool because I am more. In laborers more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequent. In deaths often. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes save one. Three times I was bitten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeys often. In dangers of water. In dangers of robbers. In dangers of my own countrymen. In dangers of the heathen in dangers of the city in dangers of the wilderness in dangers of the sea in dangers among false brethren I was weary I was in pain I was in watching I was hungry I was thirsty I fasted often I was cold I was naked besides those things that are without that which came upon me daily in the care of the church in the need of the church but he says I'm not weak I'm not burnt out I'm not discouraged everything I went through was was worth it because of what God done in my life. My Lord, my Lord, how dare to say that if you could ask Paul today, was it worth it? Paul, was it worth it? I bet he'd say it was most definitely worth it. I think he would even bring up some of this. Don't forget, while I was fighting to believe, and while I was being shipwrecked and being beaten, I had some miracle moments happen in my life. During all of those times, there was one time when I was preaching and a man fell off of a balcony is dead and I went and prayed for him and he was raised from the dead I watched God do that there were times that people were healed there were times when people were delivered don't forget the little girl that followed me around and was delivered of the demonic spirit don't forget the moment that me and Silas was in a prison house and we begin to sing and pray and God shook the whole jail house and the jailer got saved and his household got saved don't forget when I was bitten by a snake uh, and the snake should have killed me but I'm alive today I bet Paul would bring all of these things up and say yes it was a struggle but it was worth every bit of the struggle because of the miracles and the blessings that God did along the way outweighed the struggle that I went through and again today how many of us could say that during the times that I struggled in life all of a sudden God began to do miracles God began to do this and I wasn't even asking for it. There's been several times when a person was praying, uh, their home was broke and the individual, and I won't call names this morning, an individual was praying for their marriage and during that time a child would come up and God would baptize them in the Spirit and I'd call and say, hey dad, here's what happened. I know you're trusting God for your marriage, but in the midst of all of your marital trouble, God just baptized your son in the power of the Holy Ghost. There's been people healed in the middle of it. Blessing uh, there may be a struggle but then a blessing uh, and then maybe a struggle but then a blessing uh, and maybe a struggle uh, listen God didn't forget you in the midst of your struggle he mixed some miracles that were greater than any trial we'll ever face sitting heard brother West sitting testify at a time there's been a few times me and him had some one on one talks listen call being called in the ministry is not easy and if you don't know what the power of darkness are, if you're ever called in the ministry, you're fixing to get a first-hand education. Right. Powers of darkness and oppression hitting him. 
Moments had drug him down and brought him down. Oppression was so great. Nothing I could do. I could sit and listen and then pray for him, but that's it. But in the midst of it, I remember one thing. As he got up here and we began to minister one time, he began to tell a testimony of his youngest son, Cole, talking to some other boys. And he's saying, God has given me an increase. Uh, here's what was happening. The enemy was trying to attack him and trying to discourage him and push him back in the ministry. And God is over here blessing his son and giving his son a greater desire and a hunger and making him a witness unto these other children. Listen, uh, there may be a struggle, but don't forget that we serve a God that works behind the scenes uh, that is able to do greater than what the enemy ever tries to do to you. Paul tells us, I went through all of this, but the Lord blessed and he moved in the middle of every bit of it. Those miracle moments. And we've had those miracle moments. And as I look back on part of it, I know that he would have to say that it was worth it after all. I want to ask you something this morning. When I, as it works for forgiveness, it works this morning. When I start talking about the fight of faith and what do you believe in God for, there's probably something that come to the forefront of every one of your mind. You probably started thinking about the struggle. You probably started thinking about how I'm believing God for this. You may even started thinking about how I've been believing God for a long time for this one thing. And God has not come through yet. But I want to ask you a question. Not in a way to make light of your struggle. But just in a way, you know, every once in a while we need a reality check and be able to weigh it out. I want to ask you something this morning. If somebody's here and they're fighting for their marriage, is it not worth it? Is it not worth it? If you're fighting for your children, are they not worth it? Are they not worth believing God for for another week, for another month, for another year? Are they not worth it? Somebody believe in God for their spouse that's not saved, is he or she not worth it? Are they not worth it? If you believe in God for your health, you remember the day when you were whole and wasn't sick. Is your health not worth it? Is it not worth it? Some of you believe in God for lost loved ones this morning. I know because we, we, you asked for prayer on Wednesday night and different things. I just want to know this morning, if you look ahead... And you've imagined by faith them already sitting beside you in the seats and you having to take another seat in the back. Your whole family coming together and coming to the house of God. I want to know this morning, are they not worth it? Is the fight not worth it? Is the struggle not worth it? Is believing God for another month, is that not worth it this morning? If we were to ask those that believe God for things, oh, they would say, it was worth every, every tear, every step. If we were to ask those that believe God and kept trusting God, they'd say it's worth it. My grandmother, my mom's mom, I remember, and to be honest, as a child, I didn't pay a lot of attention, but I remember hearing stories about my uncle Jerry I was a preacher, just a 
fireball preacher. Growing up, I never knew my Uncle Jerry as a preacher. I knew him as everything but a preacher. He was the one that did his own thing. He didn't care what others thought. He would say words that we wasn't supposed to hear sometimes. That was my Uncle Jerry. And I remember one time at my grandma's house, I remember her saying, telling somebody else, she wasn't even talking to me, but I'm still believing God to bring my son Jerry back. One year for Christmas, she got him a Bible, had his name put on it. I remember Gary was saying, you got Jerry a Bible? Yeah. I'm still believing for him to come back to the Lord. Got him a Bible with his name on it. He's living in sin. He's not darkening the church door. He got mad. He still told me the story, and I won't go into it, but he got mad. Walking out of a church service one day, and he quit. He said, I'm done. It's over with. If this is all there is to it, I don't want no part of it. And he walked out, and he held to that. And all the time, my grandmother's praying, Lord, move upon my son Jerry. And then she's buying Bibles, and she's putting his name on it. And I remember I was playing the drums, or I was beating on them anyway. I was sitting back here. The drums were here, and I was playing the drums one service. And I looked back, and sitting back here about where Sister Becky's at, I looked, and my Uncle Jerry had come to church that night. And I seen my Uncle Jerry with his hand raised in the air like this. And I, I looked, and I, it was one of them double-take moments. Anybody ever do a double-take moment? I looked and I thought, my Uncle Jerry's got his hand raised there in praise and worship. Usually it was like this, sitting down. And now he's standing and he got his hand raised. <laughs> I asked him, I said, you got to tell me about it. I've seen you worshiping. He said, well, the Lord's been dealing with my heart. He married to his wife then, Susie, who was raised up devout Catholic. And they begin to watch a minister on television, and they begin to listen. They begin to read their Bible again. And they said one night there he was talking about the Lord, and my Uncle Jerry began to tell some things to Susie about the Lord, about what he's done, and about goodness, and all of this. And my Aunt Susie said, well, if we're going to do it, why don't we just do it? He said he knelt down by his coffee table and took his arm, just cleaned everything off of the coffee table, and she joined him. And they knelt down in the living room and rededicated their life to Jesus Christ. And before he left this world, I knew him as a preacher, as a pastor, as a mentor for me. And I guarantee you today, if you could ask my grandmother, was it worth believing God for 20 years for his soul? She would say it was worth every minute of it. It was worth it. Because now, he's with Jesus, with the one that he loved. So I just want to encourage you to fight the good fight, to keep believing, to keep trusting, to keep looking to Christ. The psalmist says this, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not, watch this, all of his benefits. All of his benefits? It literally means this simple version, remember what he has provided and remember what he has given to you, especially in the times of a struggle. Remember that he has forgiven all of those that believed upon him. 
Remember that we're forgiven because he loved us and had mercy upon us. Remember that he provided grace, which is the help of the Holy Spirit. Remember that his grace is sufficient in all times and his strength will always be made perfect in our time of weakness. Believer, remember that you have access to the Holy of Holies. Got trouble with depression? You've got access to the Holy of Holies. Got trouble with oppression? You've got access to the Holy of Holies. You're down and out? You've got access to the Holy of Holies. What's in the Holy of Holies? There remains the presence of the Lord and only the presence of the Lord. And as a believer, you've got access to enter into the presence of God at any time of the day, any day of the week. It doesn't matter when it is. Don't forget all of His benefits. Remember your weapons of warfare are not carnal. They are strong to God through the pulling down of strongholds. Remember not all of his benefits. To say it short, he has provided and given everything that you will ever need in order to make it in this life. And in the end, in the end, when I face the one that loved me and he places a crown of righteousness upon my head and he says... Well done. I want you to know it's all going to be worth it. It's all going to be worth it. There is I want my singers and musicians to come. I told you I wasn't going to be before you long. We get so caught up in the defeat, and we get so caught up in the struggle and just being tired and being wore out that it is so hard for us to look ahead and get our mind on victory. Mom, I want you to go to that song someday. We can't, we have struggle looking ahead at the end result because we're so blinded by all of the things that's going on. But I want to tell you this morning, the things that we are blinded by are in the natural. It's a natural struggle. When there's sometimes we've got to get our spiritual eyes open and begin to look at what God can do in the spiritual. I want to tell this. It's a natural example, and then I'm going to hush, and I want them to sing this song. It's an old hymnal. I don't want to embarrass her, but I'm going to pick on Kenley just a moment. It was a couple of years ago that me and Sister Becky jumped in my truck. There was a guy up above Springfield that had a horse that he was wanting to sell or trade. And I worked out a good trade with this guy. I had a calf that was nothing special. I didn't want the calf. I tried everything not to buy the calf, and I wound up buying this calf. And so this guy had a horse, and he put on his ad he was willing to trade for calves. I told Sister Becky, I said, this may be the guy we're looking for. So I called him, worked out a deal, and we made our way up. This little, prettiest little Palomino horse you've ever seen in your life came around the pond bank, and I told Sister Becky, I said, that's her. She looked at me, and she said, we're trading. I said, okay. So we got there, and 
Talked to the guy, showed him my calf. He liked the calf more than he liked the colt. I liked the colt a whole lot more than I liked the calf. And so we made a trade. And we headed back to Arkansas with this little Palomino colt. Never been touched, never been rode, never been handled, nothing. Wouldn't load in the trailer, anything. I didn't know it, but since she was a little girl, Kinley had always wanted a little Palomino horse. That's what she wanted. I didn't know that. And so we come back, and I start riding her. Me and her mom and dad was talking, and I start riding her just a little bit. And I, every horse is different. Every colt I've ever messed with is different. I promise I got a point to the story. I learned something about this colt. She wasn't mean. She didn't want to hurt nobody. But you talk about headstrong. She's headstrong. She wanted to do what she wanted to do which I like because if you can get one like that to join their will and desire with you, they're a champion. They don't come along very often. I rode her, I think, what, eight or ten times is all, something like that. Felt like she was ready. Kinley's not your average child just going to ride a horse. Kinley's heart is in the horses, that's a, that is one of her desires. She loves them. I said, I think, Kenley, this horse is not going to hurt her, and I think they could learn together. She come, birthday present, fell in love, started riding. And here's what I've watched in the last two years. I'm not, if I thought it would embarrass her, I wouldn't do it, but I, I'm not. Here's what I've learned. She came over. Me and her was riding, teaching her how to ride a colt, not a broke horse, teaching her how to ride a colt. She could already sit on a broke horse good. She helped her riding a whole lot better. It improved a whole lot better. Took her to the Randolph County Fair last year and didn't do as good as what she wanted. But what did the guy say when he walked out, when she walked out of the arena? Said, of all the kids out here, there ain't none of them that have set a horse like that little girl right there. She's improving. She was getting better. She was discouraged. There's been some times at my house that me and her had some talks. She broke down. Been some times I've seen her tear up. The Lawrence County Fair, the horse was just acting not like it's supposed to act. And I went out and had a talk with her, and this was her words. I said, what's wrong? She said, my horse won't do anything that I want it to do. It's doing this and doing that. I said, stay with her. You're doing good. She said, I'm not doing good. I'm going the wrong way. I said, you're doing great. Just stay with her. She said, but I, this is her words, I don't feel like I can do it. I said, you're wrong. You're wrong. You're just as headstrong as what this horse is. And if you'll stay with her, look at what you've already done. If you'll stay with her, you can do it. Watch this. She thought about sending her somewhere to somebody just to ride her for a while. I said, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You need to do it. You can do it. Stay with her. They have fought. She's been thrown. She's shed some tears. She has stayed with her. And this last fair, Randolph County Fair, there was more horses than Randolph County has ever had. She walks her mare in, and all of these horses on the first class Comes out, first place ribbon. She walks in the next time on the showmanship. 
more horses than there's ever been at the Randolph County Fair, walks out, first race ribbon, getting a buckle. And when it come out, I'm, I'm proud. I'm prouder than her parents probably. But I'm proud. I'm excited. And I said, Kinley, it was worth it, wasn't it? She said, yeah, I'm sorry. I ain't never seen you that happy. She said, it was worth it. Of all of the tears and all the time she has fought and she has battled and she's had to stop. She's had to give her a whooping. She's had to come over. We've had to adjust. We've loaded her in the trailer sometimes 10 times at a time to make her do it right and be frustrated, be aggravated, been embarrassed a few times because she pawed. But when she proved herself, I'm a champion. And looking back, except for those first few rides, she's done it all. It's been worth it. Listen. <laughs> When we stand before the Lord, when we stand before God, I don't know if God's going to let us think back of every moment that we've ever been through. But when he places that crown of righteousness upon our head, Brother Richard, I'm going to say, my Lord, it was worth every mountain I had to climb. It was worth every valley that I ever went through. It was worth every trial and every tribulation and every night that I was woke up in the middle of the night praying for somebody. It was worth it. Church, I come to tell you, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're believing God for. I don't know the extent of the struggle. I don't know what's going on in your home. But I can tell you this, if you'll keep your faith in Jesus and what He did on the cross of Calvary, it will be worth it after all. Would you stand with us this morning? Think about it. My trials here on earth will see someday. Someday. someday.
Amen. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise if you believe that this morning. Hallelujah. Come on, give him a good hand clap. Worship this morning in your hand clap. If you are blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas, 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.